Welcome to Lovecraft Country Podcast by Blue TV. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. I'm Cash. And we're talking about episode eight. Well, first, let me apologize. We are a day behind our normal date uh, for producing Life reasons. Just yeah, happens. I mean, you know, you know, family and some other things came up. You know, we got a little delay, so we apologize. We got, you know, several emails and tweets and other things asking where we are. We are, again, uh, we're here now. So uh, I hope you're still listening and enjoying, but... Uh, so now we're going to talk about episode eight. This one was Jigabobo. Jigabobo. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bobo was the nickname for Emmett Till. Um, is that what y'all get out of that? Oh, absolutely. And I actually think that the name Bobo was used in like episode three. Yeah, when uh, they're all sitting up in the attic and he gets on the UG board while well, I enjoyed right. my trip down south. And then we had a whole bunch of listeners email us and get on us at Twitter and let us know that... Emmett Till was part of the episode, and then they bring that full circle. Yeah, and we yeah. have some of the most heart wrenching scenes I think we've had in this entire series. Uh, and with us being from Mississippi, they, yeah, unfortunately, we do okay. know a little bit of that story. I've been to the Tallahatchie River. I mean, so it's you know that's one thing about our podcast and being in Mississippi. It's uh, uh, it doesn't it doesn't give us grace by any means in this situation if you want to go that route but um let me just say this episode wow does it uh, i mean i'll be honest with you it caused a lot of emotions and and quite a bit of array there were some of the most visually stunning scenes visually disturbing scenes visually appalling uh you know emotional reminders um you know it threw a lot at us yeah uh, this this one was a whopper there, I mean, there's no doubt we we talk a lot about pacing in a lot of the shows we talk, do and cover and this one's pacing has been all over but i would say this has been one of the fastest thrown episodes we've ever had but a lot of it fit well here's the deal it wasn't it wasn't a bottle episode it was you know what i, I hate to say this it, but it's just the way I feel. You could have pulled episodes six and seven out of the mix, mm-hmm. and you would have never missed them. No, I mean that's other wild. other than uh, well, especially with how we use Gia in this episode. Like right. I have no understanding of what she even see. That's the thing. To it. Like episode six, almost was like why? If this is what the conclusion was of that character in the current state, that uh, definitely bothered. not. I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, what else could she provide, though? Yeah, I mean, like, I struggle. I, to this episode was a continuation after number five. The only, Minus the book and missing Hippolyta, that's it. Six, episodes six and seven were of their own, like well, I said, a bottle. And you, you could pull them out, and we would really only have six episodes. I mean, I think seven provides a little bit more because the book is important. I mean, we hear Tick talking about it, and he gets it from a woman with a robot arm. Not a prosthetic. Not some other kind of arm. He specifically Wearing says... a white hood, I think is what he said. Mm-hmm. And so that leads me to believe it could either be Hippolyta, as we see... Hippolyta. Hippolyta, with the uh, body that could be potential from the aliens that we saw, or it could be from D, who we see poisoning or something going on with her arm by the end of the episode. 
and in the future get a robotic arm or maybe just from some of the magic no idea no idea but i mean so i mean i do think and we are obviously going to go back to kansas because we see him give away the key to christina so i mean i think seven still provides quite a bit of context that we're going to need i mean i understand it it felt mostly like a bottle episode i just don't think we could outright remove it because there's still going to be a lot that comes with it and I, I feel you there. I mean, it's just episode six, we focused on one new character for the entire time. And then this episode redu- reduced it down to we weren't real. Well, and Get even the worse, out of here. He, you know what I mean? Calls and, her a succubus and just completely yeah. erases everything. It was like, well. And then we, you go to seven and we're very focused on Hippolyta and going through these paces like that. And it's an expression, you know, we got several emails. We talked about several things and it's a very emotional, expressional and stuff from a woman's point of view. And, but like you said, don't get me wrong. We get to, we get to the machine that creates the portal. And, and yes, that is a good lead in for the book and leads into this episode. There's no doubt about it. I'm just saying that if you look at all the episodes we've had this season, if you follow the storyline of your main two arc characters, mm-hmm. okay, those two characters were almost non-existent in those two episodes we were talking about. And so it just, it, that's why I say it feels like a bottle. I think they're both, they're all good episodes in their own retrospect. I was just saying that if you pull those two out, think about how much you would have lost or how you would have to catch up. Realistically, five, 10 minutes of, showing a few things or connecting a few dots or something of that nature. You could make it work. Um, but here nor there, I want to talk about this episode. This episode was strong for, like I said earlier, um, we got to focus on uh, Diane. We got to, or D. We got to focus on uh, a little more Ruby. We got Tick and Letty. We got Christine. This was a very diversified cast episode and all of them did well. This was another one of those episodes, like I feel like number three, where the actor, actresses are absolutely dynamic on being able to pull off the emotion of a scene with a camera literally feels like it's six inches from their face. Mm-hmm. Even D, you know, the crying, the trembling lip, the whole nine yards at, you know, at Timmett's, Emmett Till's uh, funeral. All those things were it was it was it was amazing. It really, really was. Even when she was angry and screaming, and you know, seeing the visions of the the two girls that are chasing her and all this stuff. I mean, like, bravo to that actress. I mean, absolutely bravo. Um, You're right. The camera was very close to her face, quite a few <laughs> times. Ninety percent of her yeah. scenes. I mean, it was right on top of her. Yes. Um, and I mean, just to pull off that much rage throughout this entire episode. Oh, like yeah. you said, when she's throwing the rocks at the two girls coming out eating ice cream and just, there's nothing to be happy about. There's nothing to laugh about. Yeah. And like you get almost like a anger smile, you know, whenever you just get so mad and stuff, like a little bit of, like you actually can release some of that rage. Like there's a little, a little, bit, little bit madness. Of, yeah. Maybe <laughs> the better way to put it. You see it as she's throwing it and then just starts breaking down. And then the cops come up to her and I didn't disgusting yeah like i mean just of the spit dude like you know I, i'm 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 not gonna say we you know if you've ever seen spit or touched your own spit or like that this was a different level of spit man <laughs> you know what I mean? pretty nasty um it's like at first like uh, 
completely fearful for what could happen. I mean, just a whole range of like, I have no idea what these cops he are about to do. He started putting marks on the yeah. floor, and I was like, ah, yeah, she's well, tough. That's the thing is they took their time. Little asterisk marks. Are just Like, he's just over there writing some signs on each side of her feet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maggots start coming up out of the and ground the flies, yeah. and stuff. And flies are everywhere. And I'm just like, oh, this is going to be bad. And then he spits in his hand and then just swats it on our forehead. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, sticky and slimy. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, ew, <laughs> man. That was nasty. It you was. know, and I've seen, you've seen some horrific stuff in this, this show. And that bothered me horrifically for some reason. <laughs> yes. Um, it was gross. There is a reason why it's like an instant fight to spit on someone. Yes. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like... One of the top three most disrespectful things you can do to somebody. Yeah, but it lights a fire in every human soul as far as I know. I mean, like, you get spit on, it, it's go it, It's pure rage. Yeah. Like, I, you can't see anything but red. I mean, so that... that even seeing it in the TV show, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it still bothered me. Yeah. And like you said, just like putting it on your hand and then putting it on someone's forehead. It's just like oh. so many different levels of wrong Ugh. going through this. <laughs> oh, no. But no, you're right. D- T- she killed it in the episode as a young actress. I mean, well, and that's- a lot of times it's difficult to find child actors, young actors that can pull off this type of emotion. I'd say actually we're getting more of them these days than we've ever had. Uh, go watch Stranger Things. Go watch. Yeah, I mean all these uh, kids. Go the even even the, the it number one the remake. I yeah. mean like a lot of great stuff. Um, I don't know. We got I mean some wicked ass stuff in this episode. I mean, like like you said, it's a tough episode to talk about just based on a lot of the horrifying shit they show. But I mean. I was pretty enthralled this whole episode. I mean, it, the I mean, right the pace Montre- yeah. isn't is was poor fun Montrose. to me. Mont- Montrose, the guy just tries to help out now, be better, and just can't stop stepping on his own feet for whatever reason. Dyslexic, which was a cool little that, that's something you don't talk about a lot. Understand like there's a lot of difficulties with being dyslexic. Yeah, goose the spell, but still ends up making a pretty cool protection spell. I think with by the end of the episode, if I'm to assume. That he still got it right, and that's what ended I up think he did. creating it. Yeah, I think he did. And then uh, trying to help D, giving her a little space before he breaks down the door and everything, and she's gone. You know, you're left in charge of watching her, and then just poof, lose right. that. Then you finally catch her, and whatever it is you have chasing after her, because you're sitting there holding her arms down, gets yeah. whatever happening to her arm. Yeah, the whole no good deed situation. Yeah. Um, but I like what they did with Montrose this episode. You know, humanizing him. Humanizing well, him and kind of fatherly. They redeem him in this episode, kind of. Quicker than you expect yes, very them to be able to do. But, I mean, he explains, you know, what happened to a gay man when he was growing up. Mm-hmm. It was just a rumor that he was a gay man. And he was shipped off to an asylum where they gave him, lobotomized him. Um, so that's why like, he kept it a secret. You know, he never cheated on uh, Tick's mom. He had desires, but he never acted on them. Um, we He's, get the dyslexia moment. Mm-hmm. You know, he just, I don't know, it, it brought him a little more down to earth. Do you, you know? feel like we got confirmation that he is Tick's dad? I'm, that's what I'm feeling like more and more. When, you know, when I watched this episode, I was like, I just don't get the vibe that he's not his biological dad. But 
I, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. And I don't know. And then I think what happened with the book, mm-hmm. with the Lovecraft Country book, saying that's like their family story, it's what's unraveling at the moment. Um, I think that's actually what the book is like. Okay. In the real life book, if you were to read it, like they changed the characters. Like I think D is a boy in the book itself and stuff. I'm not positive on that, um, but I think that's actually the case. I think he literally just said he gave homage just, to the real book. Right. Just right. broke the fourth wall and just was like, kind of. No, no. Yeah. Like that's actually what the book is actually like in real life. That'd so, be pretty cool. I think that's what happened. I'm not positive on that, but I think anyone that. who's a book reader, please feel free to email us and let us know if <laughs> yeah, that is no what doubt. he did yeah. end up doing. Spoiler free. Let us know if yeah. that's yeah. correct. Um, we did break into a couple more uh, different horror genre, kind of. A multiple. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, the two little freaky demon children chasing D this whole time, that's kind of... Immediately went straight to us from Jordan Peele and everything. As soon as I saw him, I was like, oh. I... <laughs> it is very us. Um, uh, extremely. <laughs> but also... Hey, homage even, to one of the only producers. Yeah. yeah. But anything that's you know in the range of like It Follows or there's just something... Well, I mean, constantly that, chasing on you. There's so many times you had the distance shot of like you're getting the shadow of the girls dancing towards you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's classic. I mean, that's that's way back classic. And it's like then, Michael Myers chasing after you, but yeah. just like this is my pace. Really? I'm going to catch you. Know, you. Not it's worried. The, it's the Jaws effect. You know, you, you you see the fin, but you don't see the shark. You mm-hmm. see, you know, it's in the water, and you get the music, all that stuff. You know, and to see the child, or when they're in the alley, and you see just the eyes moving. Yeah, you know what I mean. The little things like that. That I mean, all that little detail was fantastic. Um, and, and not only that, to use Uncle Tom's cabin, you know, as and the girl on the cover as the visual of what's you know is creeping you, following you, you know, cursing you, however you want to call it, like that. It's iconic. You know what I mean. Um, so I mean. Good job. I mean, like the two girls dancing around, and then like especially when they're just the, the subtlety at the beginning of it of them coming up backwards, and then girls leaning backwards, the backwards skipping mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, wicked as shit. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. Uh, I don't know if they actually did that. Like the girls that were actually doing that backwards dancing, or they did something with backing the camera up or something like that, reversing it, but. Whoever was in charge of giving us that shot, bravo. Yeah. Like, you deserve it. And they everything. do it a couple times where they do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a moonwalk skip type of thing. I was just like, that is badass. Well, I mean, a lot of it kind of also took me to Childish Gambino's video, This Is America, when he's just dancing throughout that entire video. Uh, you know, it of- does. It does kind of have that vibe. It's kind of like a stepping dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all that was extremely well done. Um, I feel like we focused on the D situation because it was just so. I guess Prom- well, I mean, prominent in the episode. Well, it was it was polarizing. I mean, like when it was there, it was there. You know oh yeah, I mean? um, it wasn't no, it wasn't no. Oh, there it is again. It's no, it's front and center. I mean, and like I said, the camera was six inches from her face for a lot of her shots. Um, you know, you talking about D? You you're talking about where she finds the Woody? She she's accusing people of lying. She, you know. All those things in place. And then she also, you know, when she was confronted by the cops, we didn't even talk about it. You know, they had the book in hand, you know, showing, is this yours? You know, so all the puzzle pieces for her to understand that her mama is missing, not really on his trip, were all evident on this episode as well. Um, what did you think about 
D taking the the lead pipe and making a decision, you know, to come in there and do like she was doing. I mean, like, is that just means it's time to face your demons? Or? Well, I mean, I think before that, we even still got to go when she talks to the officers at the lodge. Oh, yeah. Well, there's no doubt. But, I mean, there's still, like she said, it stinks in here. So, do we think it was the dead person or the semi-dead person that we saw earlier? And is that something that's still going to play a part in this? Well, there's a couple moments when she's in the line for uh, Bobo's funeral. Mm-hmm. She's, she brings it up. What is that smell? Yeah. Oh and, yeah. Well, and Ruby it, says it's the hottest day. Of, it's the hottest day of the year. And you're thinking it would be his body, just because. Well, I don't that's know if it's necessarily it his body, or they're talking about how just having a mass of people like that sweating okay. like crazy would smell terrible. There's nothing you can do about it. I but. hate to say, my mind went to where Cash went. Is that whatever they had in the casket? In the, they made a point this episode. I don't know if you noticed, but this entire episode. They had sweat droppables on everyone. They had fans going. Yeah. You even saw motorized fans that had the little streamers on them. I mean, and then, like you said, it stinks in here. You saw the cops were sweating through their shirts. You saw, you know, my mind went to whatever was in, whatever they displayed in the casket of Emmett Till, this, that, or so on, because there were so many people and it took so long to get in, long to get in there and it was hot. An odor was emanating. And that's why you had the woman step out and getting sick in a bucket and they had a buckets ready for multiple people. Very true. Very true. And that's, and, and I was like, if you didn't see that and then you put all that stuff together, like that was polarizing to me, you know, to sit there and go, Oh wow. They just, they, this way of for a viewer to get a smell without actually smelling it, you know? Um, and that, that was tough. And that was tough. And like you said, went to the cops you know lodge oh, it stinks in here and yeah my first thing in my mind was well there's a rotting body you know or the next parts of frankenstein or you know like that <laughs> well no that's the thing too and it does make sense actually that you know this dude is using dead bodies for something. dead body parts it looks like so maybe he does stink you know that, that makes total sense that, yeah. i understand that um and then he still wants the uh, Ori, which I I guess he just wants the key all the same. Is, is I don't think he knows exactly what it does or he, just or he knows he the rumor. It. He probably thinks that that thing is the time machine or whatever the case may be, right? Okay. Um, I don't know that he knows that there's a key inside of it that leads to another facility. I don't know. Although I'm, it was weird that the cops came that last episode from Kansas. And we're like, yeah. thanks for looking out, you know, looking out for it or whatever. So I mean, I think he has to know about that bigger machine. Like, I, I don't think I, I would imagine so too. Uh, I, I, to me, for the, for him to have the book, the and you know, that she, you know, illustrated. Oh, very book, true. You're right. You're right. You know, the I connection forgot. is yeah. too easy. It's too yeah. much. Too much there. You're right. To have these uh, comic book that makes total sense. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but now, <laughs> well, we see he lost a limb. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, question is, I think he lost more than a limb by the end yeah, of the episode. I don't know. Well, he loses a limb. You know, I he's could get, totally see him. He's getting his guts kind of messed with. Yeah, by the underside arms of this thing, and then he gets tossed. I feel like we would see him die on screen. That's what I thought. To me, I don't think he's dead. Like he was, like he wasn't screaming for his life and death. He was like he looked like he was pissed that he was getting eaten. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't know. Say, I, just a vibe I got. I just feel like he's a character we would see die on screen. 
That's all. Yes. I just hate that it's HBO. And so like we're now so in tune with what they do is like if you don't die on screen, we have to question if you actually died. Yeah. Well, that's the HBO way, you know. Very true. <laughs> Game yeah. of Thrones has ruined us all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you can't go back to like For multiple reasons. Oz or Sopranos or something. It was like you just died. It was like we knew it was taken care of. Now it's like, eh, let me give confirmation that you're yeah. dead. But especially with magic and I guess it's interesting because he couldn't enter into uh, Letty's house. Like, one random thing but was back in episode three where they get the person to kill the goat and put those protections, protections on. on there. Like, I would have immediately washed them off. Like, just not even really thinking. I don't want goat's blood. Please disregard so, you know. the blood X's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, not to mention you've already expelled the ghost from your home. You'd think you'd wash that door frame at this point. Yeah. But, I mean, now, like, you then it didn't. But here's the, here's the one thing. As a person who's seen what blood that has been on something for multiple days outside, it never looks red anymore. You know, it kind of turns dark, maroon, this or so on. Mostly brown. Yeah. yeah. That red X on the door frame was as bright as the day it was made. Well, Again. Yeah. Magic. Magic. Nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Magic. Magic. Um, but I mean, the fact that, so his body is created with, I mean, I guess more of the magic from Adam. I mean, I guess that's probably pretty obvious before I just say it out loud. But I mean, just confusing to me in a way how much of this protection spell is working and saving them. I don't know. And I'm not even sure this dude, this cop is alive. You were you, you beat me to the punch. I was thinking the whole time okay. is that he's in a human form. But for all you know, he is... A, he is actually animated. Yeah, like it's not actually him. It wouldn't be surprised to me that he's actually one of the old, you know, what, what they went to that Christina and Tick met in that. Um, what are those things called? You know, where you're at the when you're at the graveyard, it's a mausoleum. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah, like that. You know, what that doesn't. So some kind of necromancy coming out. Imagine if he is, you know, he is the soul or the being of one of those people who's dead in that box. You know what I'm saying? Kind of a ghoul. You know, you, know, you got to imagine. We're talking about every single horror history genre. niche genre you could imagine. We're sitting thinking of him as being Frankenstein, but he could be just you know he's actually something of what's trying to live forever, but it just requires you to continue to change parts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, no there's idea. So there's so many ways you can go look at this. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure, but I. What, yeah, but I. I mean, even just the fact that like he's casting this spell, maggots are coming up, flies and stuff like that. We've seen him when he takes his shirt off. He's got like a half torso arm of another person. Um, but it didn't look... That is the arm that was bitten off right. this episode, but it was a white hand. But the one that we saw when he took his shirt off was either a darker skinned person or it was dying. You know, and it looked... Right. Dying is an interesting way to look you know, at it. Yeah, I never thought said, about that. I just thought it was an African American person, you know, or you know, it's possible based on the color. But you know, I mean, that's true. I mean, what if he's literally decomposing, and that's why he has to have fresh ones in the closet to swap out. You know. Well, I remember the guy that he's tied to was the guy who was in the house first, and was doing experiments with, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah, swapping body. limbs and. I mean, he was capturing them for him. Yeah. So if they learn something, and he's capable of. You know, 
attaching limbs to keep himself alive or you know if one is destroyed he can replace it with another i don't know magic like i said i mean it's tough right so but i'm not sure we've seen the end of him okay. i don't think we have I, I would agree with both of you because he's the he's the, uh, an external antagonist to the situation we have christina and tick as their two primary and he is somebody who's in the mix and it creates a variable which makes the story more interesting. So to me, I think you definitely need to keep him around. Well, and it goes back to what did Christina make Ruby plant in his office? Oh, I have no yeah, idea. I mean, that, that, that's got to come back into this at some point, we would think. Yeah. Because I mean, you hope that, it comes full circle. You know, you hope you don't. It's not a. And I have complete faith, but I mean. So that also tells me that this guy still cannot be dead because we still got to go back to whatever that is, which I still think has to play some kind of part in the show. And it could have something to do with what Dee said. It stinks in here. Mm -hmm. Maybe what she put in there is causing the smell. True. A little weird because I think it was just like a little amulet or something, but could be a... Well, it could be, or maybe it's... With magic, there is no telling. Stink bait for one of these... Shigoth or whatever. Shigoth, I think is what they're called. You know, to know exactly where to be. Stink bait. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody's ever been catfish fishing in stink bait, yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying. Wow. Anything yeah. is possible. A homing device. <laughs> so you mentioned Ruby a second ago. Could be the most disturbing sex scene I've ever seen in my entire life. But also the one of the baddest special effects sequences I've ever witnessed. Agreed. Yeah. I have no idea how they pulled this off. All I know is is that the special effects have gone leaps and bounds and this show has highlighted something that I didn't think was visually possible to make look as authentic and real as it is. And it has to be a mix of practical and, yeah. and CG. Because some of it it just looks too real to not be real. And I realize, you know, maybe that's missing the point. You know, the fact that she drank the potion to be a white woman to have sex this time. But it was like, we got that vision. We got that point later when she had her speech with Christina. I'm going to focus on the fact that this is one of the baddest special effects sequence ever. I mean, it's ridiculous. No, there's no doubt. Oh, there's no doubt. And I didn't, I didn't expect it either. I just thought we were going to get a sex scene between these two, and that was going to be it. Well, I mean, but then I saw her back to, starting to split open, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is going to get wild!" To kind of call this a sex scene is like a little bit of a disservice, with just like how passionate and oddly romantic it was between, and like the music that they, I, it didn't really feel like a sex scene. Like, I mean, I know very graphically that it was, but it's like <laughs> almost like they have. <laughs> Miley. Like there's true love between the two of them in some weird shaped way, but it's hard because I don't know. Christina doesn't seem to have feelings. Yeah, she doesn't have a but true by affection. The, by a, the end of the episode, she at least wants to understand understand Ruby's pain. Yeah, I agree. Um, but not until yeah. after. You know what I'm saying? Well, it never dawned on her to think about it before. I agree, but I mean, it's William. He's giving her a bath. You know, cleaning her up and you which know, are, so yeah. very sensual and I don't know. I mean, and, and, and you know, she got yelled at right outside the yeah. gate. You know, very true. Are you the maid? <laughs> no, hell no, I ain't the maid. <laughs> yeah, I just. 
All right, did y'all notice that when she drank the potion, she turned almost immediately, but she turned back faster than William did? Yeah, I was trying to figure out if you have some control of it or just... Well, I think Christina has way more control of whatever she's doing. Yeah. But I will say, I thought it was very cool when she drinks the potion and her eyes go... Blue. Blue, and then you start seeing the splotches starting Mm -hmm. to form on her neck and stuff. I was like, man, they are... Part of the special effects, like... To see it just slowly start turning over, like you said, splotch it. I was like, like is, is my TV messed up or yeah. something? I was oh, no. Like, that's just yeah. the changing we get. So, let me ask this. She takes that potion, and from what we saw from, I think, episode four or five, I think it was five, she stays this way for a long period of time. Yes. And then she takes it again before the day's over. That's the that's the time frame I saw that. Is you have to take it at least twice a day to go a full day, it, based on what episode five showed us. Mm-hmm. This one shows her take it, and then goes over there. And, we're still in the same day. Not only that, I wanted to say we're within the same thirty minutes to an hour. And then you know we tear skin, and then we do the complete transformation, or so on. Do we think? It's just a oops on time, or that because William actually tore her skin, that the rest of it decided to go ahead and shed as well. It's almost like she burst, burst out of yeah. it, right? You know, um, heat of the moment type situation. But I mean, she's climaxing. They decided to climax is you know, yeah. But I mean, she had also burst out of it at the end of episode five too. So I mean, I think you have some control of when you come out of that skin if you okay. start to master it. So all right, okay. because remember she chose to come out. After she annihilates her boss, remember? Annihilation is a strong word. Well, it was a strong scene. It was a strong scene. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know that episode had tons of backlash? I mean, yeah. I read up on it and stuff like that, and there was a lot of people upset that they visually showed what she did at the end of that episode. Yeah, a lot of with people aren't cool rape. with Yeah, a lot of people aren't cool with rape. So, no, I mean, it, it makes sense. A lot of people are upset with a lot of shit. I mean, I just. But, well, so. You, you bring that up. And this episode brings up several, several key things that are a hot topic right now. You know, you know, this show highlights a lot of things that are a, a racial or injustice or feminist or you name it. I mean, it covers homosexuality, feminism, because uh, race relations, privilege, you name it. This episode did a whole lot of that. I mean, if you look at like D, she said like catch words like I can't breathe. Um, the cream of wheat sign on the wall. Uh, Ruby had the speech with Christina talking about, you know, you, I want you to feel guilty. I want you to come, you know, understand your, your privilege. You know, those are key words that are hot topics. And I mean, so many different things. And then like, even when Dee was, uh, got on her bike and decided it was going to run right at one of the, the, the girls, dancing girls, that there was a monologue being spoken in the background instead of music. And it was talking about the disparity of, you know, deaths and you know, racially, uh, not profile, but indifferences due to race and stuff. I mean, like, the show is sci-fi, story, uh, great actor, great actress, but it also amplifies the current emotional state of what I feel like our country is going through right now. And it pinpoints keynotes like, you know, like uh, nails in a you know on a board, you know you hit each one of them to make sure everybody you know that it's secure. You understand what's going on, and so it's almost poetic um, for the writers to bring all that in to highlight what's currently bothering, 
and causing divisiveness and everything else, but also to show where its roots are and how it connects to a storyline back from the 50s. Yeah, but also I also think like it highlights a little bit of the fact that like the more things change, the more they stay the same. Agreed. You know, it's like this horrific, you know, base of this episode is the murder of Emmett Till. And it's like, they're just, you know, even though we've come so far, you know what I mean? A lot of the same garbage is still happening. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, show the same exact, I can't breathe Jason Gardner situation from the fifties. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I understand what they're trying to do. You're right, and maybe it's a little too on the nose, but maybe that's the only way people can well, understand you, it. I'll give you a good example. I mean, I, 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 it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. I, I take criticism as a way of learning to be better and stuff. And you, you can go and look at reviews, and you can look at emails we have. And we have had people give us a lot of great reviews, a lot of emails talking about this, that, and so on about. Everything about this show. But we've also got emails and comments and like that that talk about, you know, that we don't cover these, this area good enough or we don't, we don't pinpoint this or we, we, you know, we dance around it or something like that. And then you look at, you know, so then you look at other podcasts that, are, you know, get praised and things like that. And everybody has a different taste for what they see and a perspective for what they see is unique for what I see out of a show is going to be completely different than maybe what Cash sees or versus someone else. And then you also look at it as your background, your how you relate to what you see. And there are things like anything that trigger. Like, I'm a huge animal lover. I've always told my wife, I said, if I ever saw somebody going over there and beating on a dog, you're probably going to have to get me out of jail for what I'm going to do to that person because I'm just, I have such an affinity for animals. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas you, can, you know people, we all know people who's like, I could give a crap about animals and don't want a pet, da da da, and would k- just keep on driving if they saw abuse going on. But that doesn't make them a bad person. That's just their perspective and how they are, and everything else. And so, like when you watch this show, it highlights a lot of things that are um, very deeply emotionally attaching. Um, bring back either you know, bring back memories or relatable situations of their families or so on. And in some folks. It doesn't, or it has the opposite effect. Um, like a good example, the HBO podcast, which has thousands of reviews and lots of comments, this, that, or so on. But if you go down those reviews, majority of them are, are very positive and praised, but every so often you will read some that are like, this just isn't a podcast for me, or this show just seems to hang, or it's, it's had on too much of being against one or being divisive or different like that. And that's just their perspective of it. And everything else. And so, like, this show is going to cause emotion. It's going to cause feelings. It's going to make you think. And it's going to make you look at it through your own lenses. And, and maybe it makes you feel different ways. Uh, and But I also think that's artistic in a way that makes the show good. And the reason I enjoy watching it is because if you can cause emotion, you can cause stir, you can cause, self, cause self-perspective and... Um, and you look at something outside, you know, out of a south of its normal lens, and it changes your perspective. Then that means it's doing its job as an art piece. But if what you are putting out there turns everything negative to someone else, then is that uh, does that make the show negative or the person watching it negative? You know, and so that's 
I think that's the that's the question for a lot of people when they watch something that is polarizing, if it feels polarizing to you. I don't know how y'all feel. I mean, that's just kind of the way I get vibe on it. Well, I don't know that there's any... I don't like to think that there's a correct way to cover a show. You no. know what I'm saying? Or to watch a show. Like, or to I mean, watch it. Or to feel yeah. about. Or to do anything. It goes back to like what you were saying. Everyone's going to take something different from this. And... We're in a day and age to where we're able to put how we watch something out and then people are able to listen to it. Now, sometimes it's unfortunate that they see it a different way than we do and then they have the opportunity to tell us how they feel. It's going to hurt sometimes. Other times it's not. But that's the risk you take when you put yourself out there. Yeah. Not everyone's going to agree and some people are going to praise it and love it and some people are going to hate it. And that's fine. I mean, it sucks to be generalized. I hate that part. Yeah, but you know, but tell everybody gets it, and a lot of people get it way worse than we do. Um, so I'm not going to complain too much about it. But I mean, just I'm not saying ignorance is an excuse necessarily. But we watch a show, we podcast it immediately after. We don't do research. We come straight up off of emotion. How you felt about the episode. And that's how we like to cover it. If that doesn't float someone's boxes, boat yeah. and your boxes aren't checked, then hey, hey man, there's a thanks for giving us a shot. We appreciate. Move it. the fuck along. <laughs> like I, I don't have the energy, nor the want to, to bitch about somebody else's something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I understand positive, negative views. Some reviews are extremely helpful. Some a review will say. Hey, they, they focus a whole bunch on, you know, the horror aspects, the special effects. But some people want to come in and, and focus on the social commentary. So a person could read that review and be like, hey, the guys are cool, but, you know, they kind of focus on one side of the show. So somebody yeah. could read that and be like, well, I want to focus on the social commentary. Don't have to listen. Yeah. And make that choice. That's totally fine, you know. But then some people, they're going to just come on there and they're going to, throw a fit on it and, and call us names and generalize us or whatever the case may be. And I, I just can't, I can't stand that. I don't know where people have the time. Things have just gotten too easy. You know, it's a push of a button. Well, man. I just, I, I wish people would, you know, I think the point of the show is to show how bad things are. And like you said, and how things haven't changed in some way, but I want to feel like we, you know, we we're sending something out there to for better and change, and so when you read things, and like I said, I'm not I'm here to talk about our reviews. I'm just talking about reviews in general. I mean, like you talk about other podcasts and some other stuff. We've been doing this for over six years. We have over thirty different podcasts, and there is a variety of things that have come <laughs> and gone. Let me go ahead and tell you, and we have got some doozy emails and some other stuff, and I keep them in archives because they are something else. And you will be surprised what people find the time for and so on. But with a show like this, it is emotionally, you know, intertwined, especially with current events, you're going to get emotional responses. And I don't think the show intends for people to have the emotional responses that a lot of people are putting out there um, when it comes to if they disagree with something. And, you know, I mean, I think this show is to highlight things and show the need for change, et cetera, so on, not to act in ways that 
don't move in progress or move forward or things of that nature. And I feel like we're getting off to a, a large rant here or anything like that. We're not. I just, I, I but, feel like this show has an artistic value and I want people to see it, but not everybody sees it from the same perspective. Absolutely. And, and, and that's totally fine. I think the show is phenomenal. I think it's filmed great. I think the actors are crushing it. I love what they're doing. I love horror. I love science fiction. I love how they're running the show. It's it's phenomenal. I think they're also doing a good job of educating people. And I hope <laughs> I I like to think that that was some of their intention. I have to figure it was a lot of their intention right. to to th- highlight they put a lot of research into this show and we have learned a lot of that research by doing some ourselves by having listeners email us and then us going through the links that they send us and dive bombing and spiraling down from there to having conversations with some of the people that email us and telling us what they didn't like about how we did something or if we needed to focus on something different. Now we didn't always go down that path because like you said, we come up immediately after watching an episode and just start spitballing. And like we watch how we watch this, how we've watched any show, which Uh is for entertainment value first. Do is it going to scratch an itch that we have? This one, y'all two are huge horror junkies. You, you've been obsessed with it your entire lives. We even had someone go off into horror Amen, in their brother. own personal life. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. And so like, it was like okay, it was a no brainer for us to pick it up. And so with it going as deep as it has into social issues, and then like you said, hitting the nail on the head uh, predictively. You know, I mean, not all of this was necessarily going to hit the fan when they were in the writer's room writing the show. Because you got to remember, these things are written two to three years in advance a lot of times. And so a lot of it just came and it's coming out at the right time. And so for some of it, we weren't prepared for it. We haven't lived a lot of this or understood a lot of these circumstances. And so it's just I did, hard. I did, Yeah, I just want, it's difficult to cover some of these episodes. And I think... That's some of the and that's good intention. Yes, it should be tough to watch, tough to listen to, tough to listen to, tough to cover. Yeah, you know all these things and and all I, all I can say is we do the best we can and we cover it how we want to cover it, which is the beauty of having your own podcast. That is correct, and that's the beauty. we're on boss baby. <laughs> Woo! Beauty of options. Yes, <laughs> it's so, the free market, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we're it, not the only ones. No, you go and you get how you want it. And you go listen to that. I mean, that's it. I, I, we love hey, the show. Hey, man, there's 16 pods for this show. Yeah. You got 16 <laughs> options, baby. Well, or, I mean, I, just go create it yourself. Yeah. Like, or, and or I mean, I'm if, sorry that we went off on like a weird tangent like well, this. But and no, everything. this episode in particular dives down all yes. of these roads. I mean, it hits on so many of them. We literally get to see the retelling of Emmett's. Murder. We get a visual through two men and a white woman this time, though. And I mean, they're dressed just like the people. They who are. Did this they to are Till. the two guys that killed Emmett Till, yes. basically. Okay, and we get to see what horrific shit happened. It's like I mean, they're they're putting it right in your face. Yeah. I mean, it's horrific stuff. I mean, we it, it, to go on these tangents is only natural. It is. Because, hell, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you think. It's supposed to make you think, like you said, look through it through a different lens. You know? Step in somebody else's shoes. This episode is literally, 
I mean, episode five literally, and this one. Literally. Stepping into someone else, not only shoes, but skin. And there's no skin. Yeah, I mean, I'm so it's like, yeah, whatever. It, it definitely touches on some sensitive topics. If you don't feel touched, it's more like getting hit with a hammer. Well, yeah. but if and if you don't feel these things, then you are insensitive bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't not feel it. And that's what they do great about the show. Yes. So expect rants. Just like we expect negative feedback sometimes because, hell, we do the best we can. Hey, man, bring it. I'm ready for it. Yeah, that is it. BleedTVpodcast, gmail.com. Gosh damn it. You bring, you bring your emails on. We're ready. Uh, but, I mean, to go back to the brutalization of Emmett Till's death, we see her go through all of that, but we also see that Christina does have that same mark that William has. It's a, Instead of the tattoo on the, the branding on the chest more so, it's on her hip. And that is how she is able well, to Christina survive. has it on her belly. Is it her belly? I thought it was yeah, more like towards no, like the... No, Letty now has it on her hip. You're right. Yeah. And then... It's the invulnerability. I uh, found out that that is more of the mark of horse, old Egyptian god. Well, she calls it the mark of Cain. Yeah, the mark of Cain. Mark of Cain, but it yeah. goes all the way back to ancient Egypt with horse. Yeah. Right. Well, and, just like uh, a lot of religious Iors, stuff yes. is repeating as farther back you go. You know what I mean? A lot of the same legends and myths and stuff like that repeat. As the you know the religions get newer and newer and newer, and somehow like, everything always comes back to the our horse. I don't know how much y'all are with like uh, hallucinogenics and things like that, but DMT is a huge thing. Yeah, that like goes the, through it, the pituitary uh, gland and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. All seek like help, that. cash, seek help. Uh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Letty gets the mark, like you mentioned a second ago, yeah. and um, we saw it on Christina. You know, and I, dare I say, I was like when they did the spell with Dick. You know, you were like, "Okay, where is it? Is he supposed to get the branding?" Because you know, you get, you see mm-hmm. it, you see both of the brandings. You know, it's the sign, but it's a brand, it looks like a branding happened. But then Tick's like, "I don't feel any different like that." And so they kind of, kind of like, uh, but I don't know about y'all, but I think we all kind of felt the same way. Like, I'm pretty sure that worked. Yeah, you know, even when they did it, I was pretty certain it worked. Only thing is, they still leave it up in the air. The Shogoth saves him at the end and they say the spell worked right Mm -hmm. but it wasn't the same thing that letty had where bullets were literally shielding reflecting off of her um maybe it's different now here's the thing atticus is also different he's literally the blood blood ancestor of adam uh, or tigus or whatever um titus titus um so I think things are a little different for him. Maybe that's why a brand doesn't pop up on him. Well, no, because uh, he had that brand, and that's why she had to remove it. And she even goes and says that uh, that's the same brand that Titus had. And so it would still pop up on him. I don't know what you're talking about. Kevin. I don't really know what you're talking about either. When she removed his liver and everything, and she talked about removing his brand. Removing his liver? We're talking about Tick. Yeah, but Christina, when she removed her father's uh, oh, she spell. Cut, she cut his brand off? Yes. And oh, I so, don't remember her saying that. I'm sorry. Yeah, when she's talking to Christina in the... Uh, that was the only way to get him to die when mm-hmm. at the end was to have his brand removed. Right. To get the, uh, I remember that. I remember the cutting art part like that. But I thought you were saying like she removed it from Tick. No. You know, that's what I, I misunderstood what you yeah, said. No. But, um, but I don't I know. Mean, part of me is like... The, re- the reason that monster showed up was not because of the spell, was because 
Christina needs him alive, and he's made that point clear, is that he has to be sacrificed for her to get her immortality. Like, he is the key element. And so, like, to me, she's going to make sure he's alive just as much as whatever. You know, I think it's all a bluff of... But I mean, she's not even there. That doesn't mean the spell is not there, you know? But she didn't put know. the spell on him. She put the spell on, like Jake said, Letty. But we don't know the, the spell that has been cast on him. For all you know, she did that thing on the wall to teach him how to do it, but she actually just protected him because it gave up the key. I mean, there's a there's hundred different ways we can make this where she's done something. That's just a, a, a possibility. I'm not saying this the way I think it is. I just don't see that. I don't know. I, His I, spell of protection equals this thing coming out and killing all the cops. Okay, that's cool as hell if that's what it is. I just didn't get that vibe. I don't know. I'm just... Well, the thing is, in the first episode, these things were ready to kill anything. I mean, they were going to kill Tick. If They were going to kill anything in that force. Not right. necessarily. If yeah. they saw it, they were killing it. Yeah, And it didn't matter until old girl blew the whistle so to bring them back. Here's the next thing for you. Okay? You like this? This one was different. It had dark skin. Did you notice that? Not really. Yes. And so like I rewound it when I was watching it like that and so on. If you go back to the first episode, second episode like that, those were a very light gray and even in a dark wooded area like that when they had lights on it, it was it was obvious this. This one was on a street with lights everywhere like that and so on and it was of a much of darker color skin. That makes me believe that it's a created monster by Montrose and Tick as part of his protection. Just my two thoughts, my, my two cents on the situation. Maybe, or maybe it's the one that Christina yeah. birthed, you know, yeah, in, in the earlier episode. Was that that's episode more two? the way I was leaning. But even still, I don't understand the difference. But if it is the one that she birthed, then that would lead more credence to what you were saying to that, where Christina's protecting him and the spell didn't work. By the way, I don't think that Tick has any kind of invulnerability or invincibility going on with him. And there was a reason why Christina immediately put it on to say, like, I won't do it for Tick, but I'll do it for you. Yeah, I don't think Tick is invulnerable. He yeah. has a protective spell on him. And that's what she showed him, yes. was a protective spell. See, to me, protecting Letty is also protecting another heir with bloodline. Yeah, she's got so the baby. Like, so if Tick fails, you got the baby to his backup. So keeping Letty alive and protected is what you want for a long-term backup plan. I don't think Christina cares much about Tick anymore at all. Now that she, I would assume she's aware that Letty's pregnant. Yeah, I can imagine she... Like, it's a lot easier to deal with Letty, I would think, in her mind, than to deal with Tick. Uh, Letty definitely seems to be the one that trusts Christina the least. Right, but she's also using her for her own gain too. So, but she also just massively got some some trust out of giving her that spell. Literally watching bullets bounce off of her. I don't think she got any more trust. I'm gonna be honest with <laughs> Not you. Not trust, yeah. but usefulness. Because seeing the bullets bounce off was pretty neat. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, poor house, yeah. man. Love that house. Holes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You know, looks like a strainer now, but but I mean, and 
Dumbledore take care of that. In my way of growing up in neighborhoods and stuff, there's no way neighbors aren't looking out and seeing a giant she-goth go around and stabbing police officers, right? Like, And you, you know what? I, who cleans that up when it's over? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know I mean? it's like, okay, this officer has a impalement through his chest. This officer has an impalement through his ass and out his throat. <laughs> this one right here is literally eaten in half. This one, his arm's laying on the ground. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, I, there's no, there is no mop it up. Everybody go back back to business. You think Not it's like that. an old Irish neighborhood? What happened here? Didn't see a thing. Not to mention <laughs> that it seems like it was, you know, it was like watching the scene of the army teeing off on a house. You know, only a thousand bullets went, you know, gunshots and everything else were going on. Sleep had work early in the morning. <laughs> it was a predator scene. Yeah, pretty much. Just you know? mowing down the trees. <laughs> if it bleeds, yeah. we can kill yeah. it. Exactly. You know, I mean, like. Every house within a couple miles heard the the arsenal effect. Well, I mean, at some poor house, three acres away, had an officer fly off screen <laughs> and laid into it at the very edge. Of the, ah! <laughs> Let's just hope there's no houses behind this one because they also look like Swiss cheese. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, so... Yeah, no, there's there's no coming out of this. And so if the next episode doesn't have like crime scene tape everywhere and FBI officials. and this, There's not all, enough crime scene tape in that city. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like a, a, a hundred for sale signs when there's, you know, there's 20 cop massacre in yeah. front of this house. You know people are going to be calling in sick in the morning. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, like, come well, on. To be honest, let's be honest about it. This is the, you know, they, they keep calling it, what are they calling it? Pilgriming? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's the only black neighborhood, only black house in the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, none of the neighborhood's happy about it. And now there's a dozen dead cops in the front yard. <laughs> well, and not only uh, that. Dismember <laughs> dead cops. Yeah. <laughs> Eaten. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is. There's a hold of China in the middle of the road as well. They would be in horrific danger at this point, you know, for this happening in their driveway, basically. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so it's like the next episode should be them. Attempting to flee the city in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah, like you can't mass just exodus, yeah. yeah, you can't just be okay now. This yeah. is where the whole neighborhood would come mm. and basically drag you out of your home. Or you see a lot of U-Hauls, you know. Well, yeah, the like, for sale deuces. Signs, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. deuces. Uh, there's a giant crater in the middle of the street, like Cash just talked about, and there's cops dead everywhere. Uh, blood, a cruiser is destroyed and mangled in the front yard of this house, yeah. upside down. Some dude with a hole through yeah. his entire body coming out of his throat. <laughs> yeah. um, we found a guy in a tree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> piece here, piece there. Um, but yeah. and then, So kind of an off-the-wall, funny but serious question. Can Ruby get pregnant from Christina? I'm going to go with uh, it's magic and anything can happen. My first guy to say is no, but I don't see how he would produce sperm. I mean, I, that's my thought as well. But I mean, I feel like there could be some ramifications with this somewhere down the line. I don't know why. Who knows? But like she says, you know, this has been well thought out. Yes. And she always does seem to be one to two steps ahead. And Agreed. I feel like there's, if it is possible, that is a way for you to get Ruby to be on your side over Letty. Yeah. Well, she, she's slowly manipulating all of them to have them in her debt. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. I, mean, I, I don't know if necessarily trading is getting people in your debt or not. I don't know. And so 
I mean, I, I would think it'd lean more closer to your trust, but I don't think they feel any reason to trust her. I feel I mean, like they feel like they more need her, just need her power. That's need her know? knowledge. I would say more so yeah. than, but I mean, I, they're one in the same. Yeah. Then the other thing is, do we think it's possible that Tick got the key copied and that's why he was willing to give it up so easily or he just gave up the key in good faith? I have no idea. If it was me, I would have snapped off a little piece of the key, you know, a little bit of the, <laughs> just one of the I think I'd be teeth. too scared to break it and I'd just be like, no, I'll, I'll find but, a way to Well, they have to also be back. careful because maybe you give the key also in hopes that they can get Hippolyta back. Maybe, but I mean, like, yeah. I, I feel like he just gave up the key just because, like he, he said. thought the machine was broken. Yeah. 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 I mean, he didn't see any reason. It was broken beyond repair, and but we'll the, have to see. But he also has a, a line on getting the whole book. He thinks he's going to be the sacrifice, the more powerful person here pretty soon, too, though. Remember? Like, she's talking about, yeah. like, they're after a couple of pages. We're going to get the whole, the whole book, book, you know? So I don't know. But, yeah. But okay, like I mean, I think I'm good. I, I don't know if I have anything else. I'm emotionally drained. <laughs> you know, I'll put it out there, um, guys. As always, we like to say, what did y'all think? Um, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. And our, you know, Bleed TV Podcast. Um, also, Bleed TV Podcast at Gmail dot com. Um, really appreciate it. Like I said, the emails have always been great. You know, good, bad, or ugly, whatever it doesn't matter. We always get a high volume, and we always appreciate it. We learn a lot from our listeners. Um, just like last week's episode, we learned learned about Betty, the girl who rode the motorcycle, and her, you know, as being the first one to go all the way across the country, you know, unsupervised on a motorcycle, which is a big deal. Um, you know, that's just one example of several things that we've learned through this show uh, about history that was not taught to us um, as we grew up, and things we didn't know about. And plus, you know, we're still young, and what do they call it? Wet behind the ears on some things, you know, not even lived close to that generations. Um, but again, we really appreciate it. Uh, we always enjoy, uh, communicating with you guys and we appreciate all that you do. So, you know, please continue to hit us up and let us know what you're thinking. Uh, how did this episode impact you? Uh, did it open any eyes? Did it change any perspectives? Don't be afraid just to vent and let us know. Um, we really appreciate it, but unless y'all got anything else, then we're going to call it. I do not. That's it. Guys, as always, this was Lovecraft Country Podcast by Blee TV, and I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. And we'll see y'all next week.